welcome to the best podcast available, Training Camp Edition. Here are your hosts, Jason Gibbs, Andrew Gribble, and Nick Shook. And we welcome you into the best podcast available in Berea. We have made it through the entire training camp with no rain, no weather. We're done. The hat's coming off. The facial hair is getting cleaned up. Oh, it is clean today. This still might have a little work by Friday, according <laughs> to the stubble alert uh, on, on the dome. Can you already see it? No, uh, I can't see anything. You can feel it. It feels like sandpaper. Yeah, that happens. Yeah. There's only two people that are feeling it, you and your lady. Yeah, it's true. Great news. I'm not. Gribble's not. It'd be awkward otherwise. Uh, we wrapped up training camp today. Now, on the, like, paper, like on the schedule for the week, it says they break camp tomorrow. But we go to Tampa tomorrow. So, we break really, camp. Yeah. for us, we broke camp today. We break camp by getting on the plane. And it was a nice, uh, relatively easy day. I would it say it was not us. reflective of the rest of this training camp. It no. was very different from most of the other practices, maybe the least active of the entire training camp. Yeah. Was, it was game prep mode. It was like a Friday before regular season game. Yeah. It was no pads. Uh, guys going through things. We did see the first team go through a lot of walkthrough, which would lead us to think maybe the first team will actually play on Friday night. Yeah, it felt a lot like what you might see out of a regular season practice. Just a lot of this is the look they're going to show us. Everybody come up, make your you know identifications, your calls, your checks, whatever, and execute the play. But it's obviously not full speed because there's no pads on, uh, and that's you know that's just part of the game. And I think it's a good way to kind of wind up and wrap, or wind down and wrap up camp because it's been a physical one, and and it's about time that they took just a step back in preparation for a game and also in preparation for you know the coming regular season, which is not far away. Well, and I think the the key takeaway from Freddie's comments after practice was. He he admitted that the starters are going to play some, but I think the key takeaway was it's going to be a player by player determination. It's not going to be kind of this universal. The ones are going to play this x amount of time. Correct. So we could still see what we've been seeing, which is at least on defense, you could see uh, the safeties and the linebackers. They've been playing one series. Defensive lines done about two. The corners in last week's game played about three or four. Yeah. So it, it's all do, it's going to depend person by person on their health status and the depth of their position, and I think that's going to be on both sides of the ball. With the only exception I would probably make is the offensive line. They're probably going to be together as a unit for X amount of time, and then you go to the backups at that point. But otherwise, it's going to be a grab bag. What that's going to do is create um, some interesting lineups at some point or another. We're going to see you know some <laughs> yeah. starters with some backups. You know, this is where up front you might end up seeing a Drew Forbes with the ones or something like that, which we've seen a lot in practice. Um, it's different safeties playing with backup defensive linemen or whatever it is. Whoever needs to get more work in a game action, I think, will end up taking those reps. And you know, I think it's kind of an antiquated idea that you just put all your ones out there and then you bring them off the field and you put the twos out there and you bring them off the field unless they've had a lot of time together over the course of many seasons which typically doesn't happen because a third of the roster is turned over on average every year in the NFL so bare minimum uh so you know you just you don't have that type of continuity in this game anymore so I I I see no reason why to be you know why you got to go out there and be like yeah all the ones got to play and and again we've said this before Odell Beckham can stay in in bubble wrap he does not need to play you could probably throw Jarvis in there, yeah, too. Yeah. Although we might see Jarvis. He's He's gotten more practice reps. Yeah. Odell has not. Saw a little bit of Jarvis and a little bit of Nick Chubb in, in uh, the practice today, but not the whole time. No Nick Chubb Friday. So. We are on the no Nick Chubb club for Friday night. Ah. 
Nice. You like that? Yeah. Nah. yeah that's good. Nah. That's it for the week. Are you in branding? There is nothing else. There is nothing else for the week that I'm going to <laughs> offer that's going to be better than that. Uh, so we're, we're done with training camp. We've got two practices next week, and we'll do our training camp awards next week as we wrap up the BPA uh, training camp edition. But you get some stuff done today. Tomorrow, a little mock practice, uh, mock game, and then we travel to Tampa. Ultimately, what do you want to see out of these, uh, out of this game Friday night? I think consistent execution across the board, both offensively. Um, depending on how long Baker Mayfield plays, you just want to see the offense do what it did in Week One, not necessarily at that pace, but be as efficient or nearly as efficient, which is a, a tough ask. But also, this is a, a unit that didn't play at all. Uh, in week two so if the most of those guys are playing I would like to see them move the ball against a defense that was horrid against the pass last year um, I, they've changed in the off in the offseason obviously but you know you still want to see them find some success there's a lot of youth in the uh, Tampa Bay secondary that I think they could probably take advantage of and so you want to see that and then I think defensively you want to see depending on who starts I really want to see the defensive line again play like it did against Indianapolis because if this is a team that can replicate that type of performance up front with its front four. It's front seven, but really it's front four. A lot of teams are going to have a really tough time beating the Browns, and, it, and that's before the offense even steps in the field. Yeah, I'd like to see kind of a conclusion to the right guard competition because it's got to it's got to be decided by this point. Yeah. I, so I, I think we'll we're expecting to see Eric Cush at right guard. See him play a solid game and just take that thing home, which I think is what they're looking for to happen. And then defensively, I guess the one thing I want to see that we haven't seen from the the ones they haven't had much of an opportunity. So maybe force a turnover. I mean that'd be that'd be nice. You're playing Jameis Winston. He likes to throw picks. Uh, I mean, just he does. We we've seen Mac Wil Mac yeah. Wilson and Greedy. They got interceptions in that first game, but you know that was a hallmark of this defense last year, especially during the first half of the season. You know, I think you can come away feeling really good if your defense forces a turnover uh, against their ones. I think every chance they get. Even if it's third down, pull the offense off and let's kick the field goal. <laughs> I, yeah. I, we, they, we've we got to see something. Today, the kicking battle, there were makes. There was a miss from each one. And you're just kind of – no one no one is jumping to the forefront here to grab this position, and it is becoming a bigger and bigger concern every day. And it's gotten late very quickly. I mean, I, I'd be totally fine if we had a game that finished 15-10 to 10 and, and all the Browns' points were field goals – simply because they needed to test those guys more than they needed to score touchdowns. Yeah. I, I mean, this is an issue that is no, that's nowhere near a resolution. It, it, we we went like we went up and then after last week's game and the, and the misses on each side, we've just steadily gone down. And we there's no answer really in sight and it needs to be figured out because the season's around the corner. I'd be interested to see what if you will go with the strategy in this game where you just use one of the kickers. Just see how they handle a full full game knowing like like you did with Garrett Gilbert, knowing that Going into this game, you're playing the first half. Maybe do that with the kickers, see how they respond, and then do it with the other kicker in the four, in the, the last game. Because even though the, the players around them are going to be pretty different, you're still kicking a field goal. Yeah, that's a good point. Now, my question is, do you give the veteran first choice or do you give that to Austin Seibert? I give it to whoever's been who they think has been better. And I think Joseph has been slightly better, but not by much. Not, by, not enough. Not enough. Where he should feel comfortable by any stretch that he's won this competition. No, no. No, not at all. Uh, backup quarterback. We'll see a little bit of that, uh, obviously, on Friday night. I would expect that we probably won't see Drew Stanton. No, no need. No need. You know what you have there. Uh, Garrett Gilbert gave a great performance on Saturday. 
I, I would call it great. He, he did. Yeah. He did very, very well for himself. What else does he need to do? What does he need to show this football team that they're going to be willing to keep three quarterbacks on this roster? Do it again. It's that simple. I mean, maybe not post a passer rating in the one twenties, but just do it again. Do a lot of what you did well. You know, find targets at all levels of the field. Avoid pressure. Throw accurately under pressure. Navigate the pocket well. Take command of the offense. And I think. It's it's pretty surprising. Um, I think Ryan Lindley had talked about it a few weeks ago, how Garrett is pretty much at a mastery level of this offense. Uh, more so, I think, and I don't know if he said this, but more so than even Baker Mayfield due to experience. And you need to demonstrate that on the field. And other than that, you know, give them every reason in the world to keep you as your third as their third quarterback. I think they will carry three, and I think he will be on the roster. But just do it again. Just just make it a, a no, not even a discussion. And end it right now. I don't know if he needs to show anything else, honestly. I, I think, like, I've seen a lot worse quarterbacks become third quarterbacks on this team. I, so I don't know if he we, – We've I don't seen know, him play. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if he needs to show much else. I think he's been incredibly solid. Doesn't look like a third quarterback. When he's out there, the offense runs. He's, he's scored touchdowns in both of his games so far. I, I'm fine with what he's done. I, I, I think it's a wrap. Does Dearness Johnson have enough film to warrant them saying he's on this football team, or does he need to show something Friday night? I don't, I don't know if the film is needed, but he's going to get another opportunity to produce it. Huge opportunity. Yeah, he'll probably get an opportunity this week and next week. Freddie kind of talked about that today. Um, he's done a good job so far, and I also think about it if you look at it from a numbers perspective. I mean, right now he's done enough for him to be the third running back in this group with Kareem Hunt headed to suspension because then you've got Nick Chubb and, and you've got Dontrell Hilliard, sure. and, and then there's Dearness Johnson. I mean, I, he's played well enough to validate that role. He could only strengthen that if he played well again this week and the following week. Hold I, on to the football. I imagine his competition right now for that spot is not on this roster. I mean, that's yeah. you're looking at other sure. guys on waiver claims and, and things like that, but – the, when when Freddie Kitchens brings up pass protection as the first thing that Dearness Johnson does well every time, that makes me feel good about his standing on this team. That's a big deal. You can yeah. earn a lot of cred with the coaching staff if you're willing to put your nose in there and, and sacrifice your body to protect your quarterback. Because everybody loves to run the ball. Everybody loves sure. to catch passes. Nobody loves to block. Well, most people don't love to block. And it's a, it's an, it's a down-and-dirty type of thing. It's not glamorous, but it's necessary. And, and those who are willing to do it, they definitely earn some uh, extra brownie points. And, and I think his versatility as a returner, helps him out yeah. as well the fact that he can just go out and do it i don't know if he's anything spectacular on or kick returns but they need a body without antonio Callaway. when you have an offense that can move the football you don't have to be spectacular you yeah. just have to not fumble the ball right. and get it move forward <laughs> yeah. gone are the days when we were relying on josh cribs to produce a touchdown or two a game correct on the defensive side of the football what are you looking for maybe who needs to step up who, is, is there is there a spotlight on somebody going into this game yeah, I mean, I, maybe I look at the 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 battle for those last couple of DB spots. I mean, it's we're we're going we've gone back and forth with is it going to be six safeties, five corners? Can you somehow keep six safeties, six corners? I don't know if that might the, the numbers just might not work out that way. So that would put the spotlight more on players like a like a Philip Gaines, a Lindsey Pipkins, uh, Donnie Lewis. I mean, there there's a lot of guys that maybe are in the mix there for one of those last corner spots. I think. Gaines probably has the edge because he can play in the slot. Uh, but I think Pipkins is someone who has hung around here for a while and clearly has some talent that this team likes. So that that it's it's more about how, how they're going to use these guys on special teams and their versatility. 
So maybe it's one of those kind of spots. Is Are you going to keep a Lindsey Pipkins, which gives you six, and then maybe say goodbye to one of those safeties? I mean, there's it's 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 maybe a Pipkins versus a Justin Burris who's hurt right now. So it's it, those are kind of the little things on defense. Outside of that, I I, I have a hard time finding one on one roster battles. End, yeah, those last few spots. Uh, I think Daniel Quali has done enough to really solidify his his place in this roster. Uh, Trevon Coley's played very well as well. But then you think about the numbers game again. Yep. Deverell Lawrence has also had a very good camp. He missed a couple days with that knee issue. He's been back on the field. He looks just as good as he did before. So it might come down to one of those three I just mentioned might lose a spot. So yeah, I guess there is a little bit of a of a competition yet to be determined, uh, depending on how many people they want to keep at that position. That's what happened today at training camp, and that's also a quick little preview for Friday night as the Browns take on the Buccaneers in the quote dress rehearsal game. Jason Gibbs, Nick Shook, Andrew Gribble with you. This is the best podcast available. Time now for our interview of the day. Uh, I had a few minutes and a few good minutes with the run game coordinator and the running backs coach of your Cleveland Browns, Stump Mitchell. Have a listen. Coach, uh, training camp officially over. It's kind of like the last day of uh, summer school before we actually get into the, the heart of the matter and the season itself. Your thoughts on how training camp's gone for your room? I think it's gone pretty good. Each and every one of those guys came in uh, individually knowing what they needed to work on and improve on. And collectively, we knew what we had to do as a group. I think Nick Chubbs has uh, improved tremendously on his route running and his ability to catch the ball. Uh, There's no question he's a, he's a tough runner. He proved that last year. Uh, Kareem Hunt, uh, didn't know much about him, but just to see the way he catched the ball was phenomenal. I, I, I didn't know he had that type of hands and also route running ability. So. It's just going to be a matter of when he get back to us after the last preseason game. Dontrell Hilliard has suffered some uh, minor injuries. You know, he had some during the spring and he had some during this camp. He understands that he's got to stay on the football field. Uh, the best availability is availability. And unfortunately for him, he's been uh, he's been injured a little bit. He's in a tough competition with uh, – Dearness Johnson, I think Dearness showed people thus far that he's capable of being a first, second, third down back, uh, good pass protection, good route runner, uh, good hands, just has had a fantastic camp. And hopefully the last couple of preseason games, uh, he'll be given the opportunity to show he can do that as well. Treyon Gray, uh, we got as a free agent out of the University of Miami. Uh, looks more like a practice squad guy at this particular point in time just because he haven't had the opportunity to play that much running back in college he was a high school quarterback so he's he's got great skill set got great size uh pretty good hands and uh speed and you can't you can't teach that to guys his size i really like aj olette out of uh, ohio uh young guy smaller back but will try to fight you but just can do it all. You know, he can catch, he can run. Uh, he's got great vision. The group as a whole was a pretty good group. Let's talk Nick Chubb real quick. Year one to year two, what's the biggest challenge, I guess, for a guy who had a very good rookie year to make that jump in, in year two and, and keep consistent? Well, it's, it's not something that Nick has to do uh, because his mindset is nothing but work. Uh, he's 
great feat. We just got to uh, be successful as a offensive unit, and if that's the case, I wouldn't be surprised if Nick led the league in rushing. Uh, the offensive line is going to be uh, crucial to everything we do, and Baker being uh, the leader that he is and being able to control the offense, I think is going to uh, suit every skill guy well. Dearness Johnson and Dontrell Hilliard, you, you watch them play and you, and you look at their body types and you say, well, they're kind of similar. Maybe they're not. What are the differences between those two? I would say uh, um, mindset. I would say that's probably the only thing that's, that separates those guys because both of them are very talented, but it's a mindset. And uh, I'm not going to say which one is tougher. They got to figure it out. We got to figure it out. And uh, we're going to have to make the right, right decision, and hopefully uh, they'll make it for us. You mentioned Kareem Hunt and his hands. How's he been since joining the team here in the offseason and now through training camp? And unfortunately, he's not going to be with us for the first eight weeks of the season. But what do you, what's your advice to him while he's out for those eight weeks? Well, he, he understands the, the talent and the skill set that, that's in that room. Uh, he understands the talent and the skill set around this uh, entire team and what we want to do. As a as a team, uh, he know he can be a part of that. He also should feel like uh, Kansas City could have gone further had he been there. So he should be itching for the opportunity to get back. I think he's going to go out and prepare. And uh, when he gets back, I think he'll be ready to rock and roll. You've had some head coaching experience. You've also been an assistant coach for uh, for a decent number of years. What have you seen from Freddie Kitchens in his first training camp as head coach? I think Freddie is outstanding. Uh, you know, Freddie has a lot of the similarities of other head coaches I've been around, but I think what's going to make him maybe a little more successful than uh, some of those coaches are the differences in him. You know, and uh, I, I think I think he's done just one heck of a job, and uh, we understand that there's nothing to this hype. We got to go out and we got to perform. And he, he lets the guys know that. But uh, we have the talent to do it. Talent is not an issue. We understand that, and the players have to understand that. And he treats them like grown men. I, and I think there's something to be said for that, just being upfront and being honest. And I feel like that's the theme for not just him, but the entire coaching staff, you included. Yeah, absolutely. We let these guys know we got 92 guys in here and 90 guys in here, and we got to let – Half, almost half of them go, you know. Uh, that's just the way it is. But we ask them every day to come out and give us your best effort. Uh, put something on video against these teams we practice in against, against these teams that we're playing against. Make them want you as much as you want to be a Brown. Make those other teams want you as well. How special can this offense be? Ooh, it, it can be unbelievable. It, it can. Uh, I don't think you can put numbers as to what it can do. But it's all going to revolve around the offensive linemen. I mean, those guys, they got to create the, the running lanes or they got to cre create the protection for the quarterbacks. And then I think uh, we'll have some outstanding uh, – we got outstanding receivers, tight ends, and also running backs. So it's going to revolve around the offensive line. All right, Coach, appreciate the time and best wishes this year. Thank you. I appreciate it. Appreciate Coach's time. Well done by him. 
breaking down every running back in the room, one of the biggest takeaways, uh, how surprised he was with Kareem Hunt's hands and his ability to catch the catch the football out of the backfield. Really, really was impressed with that and couldn't say enough about it. Yeah, you, you, no, go, go ahead. ahead. No, I that maybe Stump doesn't play fantasy football because I've been I've, I've had my eye on that for the last couple of years with yeah, Kareem Hunt. Yeah. I mean, he's 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 been solid, but I think and they were using him more in Kansas City last year as a receiving back than the previous year. So I think he's just kind of naturally evolved in that point. But I've always thought just because I remember that first, I think his first game in the pros was against the Patriots. I remember he had his first ever fumble in that game. He hadn't had one since high school. But then he had like 100 yards receiving in that game to go along with a big rushing day. So he maybe he's a little bit more hit or miss, but he looks so natural coming out of the backfield that way. Yeah, he was a big reason why Kansas City's offense was so you know lethal last year. I mean, they... The reason was is they had a great quarterback in Mahomes, but they also had a ton of different guys to throw the, throw the football to. You know, I mean, Kareem, you could throw it to him out of the backfield, and that's if you weren't already accounting for his threat as a rusher. And, and you know, you go down the list of everybody else that they had. And I, I will say that even in shorts and jerseys like today, it is so much fun to watch him just with the ball in his hands in this in these practices. You know, even when they're not going full go, sure. whether he's carrying the ball, he just is so fluid and natural as a runner, and he's got great vision, and he just hits the hole and cuts right through the defense. I mean, it's hot knife through butter. It's like that. And then catching the ball is just natural, and, and it's just it really is just a treat to watch. Yeah, very impressive young man. And, and that has been a nice group, and he's done a nice job with that. And Freddie Kitchens with some glowing comments in his press conference today that, you know, as great a coach as he is, he's one of my – great friends and he, again another guy on the coaching staff that's been coaching as long as I think all three of us have been alive and doing it at a high level uh, in addition to being a player and a successful player in the in the league um, but the expertise he brings to the table with this offense and you know I asked him I said what's the key to the running back room and he said no the key to the offense is our offensive line yeah and, and you know what that's this that's the basics of football it really is. People don't like to acknowledge it because it's not glamorous. It's not, oh, this star receiver, this star cornerback, the cornerback receiver matchup, whatever it might be. But if you can't protect your passer and you can't open running lanes for those guys, it doesn't matter who you have back there because you're not going to go anywhere. And if you can't stop the run and if you can't pressure the quarterback, you're not going to do anything defensively. It all starts on the offensive and defensive lines. Well, if, if this is a team that has both Dontrell Hilliard and De'Aaron Johnson on its opening roster, that's a testament to the faith and the coaching and the development of those guys. Because both of those players, I mean, Dontrell was a solid member of this team at the end of last year, but wasn't doing the things we've seen him do so far sure. in training camp. And De'Aaron Johnson... Uh, as Nick wrote earlier today, was on a f- sea uh, on a fish boat uh, at this time last year. Yeah, so I mean, like the, this is a guy that's come a long <laughs> way uh, in just a year. Yeah, a pretty impressive story. Yeah, he was out trolling for uh, mahi mahi, which we had some of that when we were in Indianapolis with our sure. tacos. Um, and you know that that was his job. That that's what he could do because he didn't have an NFL job. He didn't have a pro football job until the Alliance of American Football came around, and then he's written that to where he is now. So really good story, and we'll see if he makes it. Final thoughts here. Uh, one big takeaway from the 2019 Browns training camp. Now officially in the rearview mirror. No more being here at ungodly early hours. However, that did save us because there would have been a number of practices, I think, rained out to the public uh, if those practices were in the afternoon. But your, your takeaways from uh, this year's training camp. Uh, it felt like the longest training camp ever, and I think that was by design, and I think that that was felt – by the players too, and that was also by design. I think that they, the the way you talk to players, they they were exhausted by the end of this camp, and I think it showed during spurts of camp. But they seemed to always rally back from it, and I think that this was 
if if Freddie Kitchens wanted to put his stamp on a training camp, he definitely did that. I mean, this was different, and he had a quote today that said, you know, we have to raise our norm. You know, like this this can't be seen as the exception. This is what is now normal, and I, I think that he he definitely proved his point, and that's what we should now expect for years to come. Yeah, that's one of the first steps in changing the culture or adjusting the culture for a franchise that has not used to winning in a long time and wants to be a perennial contender as you raise the bar, starting with your camp and your expectations there, and I think he's done that. And I also think through that he has demonstrated that although he is a first-time head coach, he is more than prepared for this job. I think he's handled it extremely well. He's navigated all the maybe the little drama that comes through, you know, different stories that have been produced or whatever else might have happened, you know, the, the stuff related to the Duke Johnson trade, all that stuff. He has handled that as a total pro, and I'm extremely excited to see how he you know, approaches this regular season and coaches this team because I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. There are four days left of workouts or practices, as Freddie would say, and there's two games left. There's six days left for these 90 guys, basically, to be together, and this roster is going to get cut in half. So we shall see what happens. The pressure is on. And let's see who steps up here over these next six to seven days. Yeah, it's crunch time. Should be interesting indeed. Yeah, we're we're at a point, though, where that fourth preseason game, I mean, we've had a lot of guys playing in that game that end up making the team. I don't know. Fred, I don't Freddie know. coached the offense last year. Yeah, I mean. Did a good job. With a little idea of what was to come. Man. Yeah, yeah I mean, but remember that game last year. I mean, that was – you had Baker quarterback, obviously. That panned out. Uh, Nick Chubb running in that game. But then you also had, like, I think Nate, Nate Orchard with a defensive touchdown. Kajust with some big plays. Matthew Days with a big run. I mean, it's just crazy how much the roster can change from one week to the next. Uh, but that's what's about to happen. Yeah. It, uh, it will be interesting to see how this all plays out. You can get this podcast or any of our podcasts at clevelandbrowns.com or wherever you do get your podcasts. Uh, We're back with you on Monday following the dress rehearsal game and the second-to-last practice of the preseason. For Andrew Gribble, for Nick Shook, I'm Jason Gibbs. This is the best podcast available.